0: welcome to Pixels and Pints podcast, I'm Bradley and I'm Michael, and we're two dudes talking about video games while drinking pints man uh I feel like uh I feel like you're about to tell me you're not drinking beer again,
1: not drinking beer I mean technically, <laughs> this is the last day of uh sober october that's true uh of interest though it does contain 0% juice just to Ooh. yeah just to, just to let you know this this isn't healthy um right now i am drinking mountain dew voodoo mystery flavor for 2022 what the zero fuck zero sugar yeah
0: have you cracked it open yet
1: uh, i haven't yet i've i've drank the full sugar version this is i think it i'm trying to remember what it tastes like i, I think it's almost like um. Like a strawberry, um, sour rope type mm. of flavor. That's the full sugar. This probably tastes like absolute garbage. But, yeah, it, uh, it could. Yeah. Hey, man, zero calories. What are you going to
0: do? Yeah, I feel it. I'm on the zero calorie uh, kick today, too. Uh, I'm drinking agua. <laughs> That's mm. uh, water. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just in uh, case you didn't know, just in everybody case you who didn't, know. didn't take four years of remedial Spanish when you were in high school. Yeah, Uh,
0: we did so much fucking drinking yesterday. Uh, Janet had a uh, baby shower to go to, and so I took the husband out, and we watched um, Pray for the Devil, which is a new horror movie, and we had a couple beers at the theater, and then we went next door to a uh, Tex-Mex place and slammed three giant uh, margaritas and then came home, fed the dogs, and went next door to the neighbor's house and drank more. What's up? Yeah. Uh, so Sober October is a complete fucking failure for me. I guess uh, I will try Sober February because uh, that'll be the next time where I think I'll be able to not drink. And and to be fair, uh, February is really fucking short, so uh, there's a good chance
1: of success there. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Amen. Aim low, aim low," said. Set, "Set the standards, set the standards on the floor, and then you can't fall over them." Yeah, just walk, just
2: walk right over it, walk pitches. right over
1: it. Yeah, shit, man. Hell yeah.
0: Here is the failure.
3: <laughs>
1: God. So we got well, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, let's get let's get into it, man. Well, okay. actually, you know what? Before we get into it, okay, okay. Uh, just a just a reminder for everybody out there. Make sure you make sure you like, subscribe. Yeah, fucking dislike it too if you don't. If you're not if you're not vibing with this shit, that's cool too. Leave a comment, ring the bell, all that kind of stuff. Uh, podcast listeners, same thing. You know, follow the podcast. You know, we have it on Apple platforms, Spotify, probably a whole bunch of others. I don't know. They put it up on a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, rate us five stars if you can. Leave us a review. Tell us how much we suck. I would love to hear that because we think we're doing. Fan fucking tastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we're doing pretty good.
1: Yeah. I think you gotta bring us down a couple of rungs on that ladder because we're up at the top. Mm-hmm. We're up at the top.
0: And to be fair, uh there are other podcasts that are very similar to ours that we're kind of like stomping on.
1: So yeah, you know what? I, I was actually looking at some of the longer form ones. Mm-hmm. They're all fucking garbage. Yeah. They're total shit. Yeah. In and to be fair, like some of these people I actually like outside of their podcast format. They just kind of suck when they get together. Like there's yeah. really no semblance of anything going on. It's just a whole bunch of retards talking to each other <laughs> about absolutely nothing. Yeah, I can see and, that being the case
0: because you have a, you have a situation think, where you have uh, yeah. people who are really good on their own and you stick them in a room together and they don't know how to uh, balance conversations back
1: and forth. Yeah, it's right? like too. Uh, they say about too many cooks, but I think, you know, too many head chefs, you know what I mean? When you have those kind of big personalities and you put them next to other big personalities, it's really hard to to really have like some sort of coherent conversation. Yeah. Because of, you know, everything, every all those egos are butting heads, you know, for better or for worse. Yeah. So we're better than all of y'all.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Keep sucking. We're going to keep we're going to keep rising like cream,
1: baby. Yeah. All the all the fat cats are going to be scooping the cream out of the top or whatever oh, the hell. Yeah, they are. That's a, that's a callback, and we'll <laughs> and we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. Oh, dude. But before we do, we're going to talk about free stuff. It is the end of October. By the time you guys get this, you're going to be dressing up. I don't know, as like your Among Us character, and be talking about sussing and bless your hearts. Just disappointing your parents, and that's yeah. great. Um, but it also means that we have some free stuff coming for, coming for subs of, you know, Game Pass, although we don't have the Game Pass list now. But for PlayStation Plus, we have some new games coming for November, which is also a hint that if you haven't gotten the games from October, I think by the time this podcast goes live, it's going to be the last day. So get your games, guys. Yeah. But for November... Sony has actually given you some some pretty decent stuff. Neo 2 for a PS4 and Neo 2 remastered. If you have a PS5, for those who don't know, Neo is a team ninja action RPG game, kind of Souls like. It is going to be of similar quality to the uh, Wolong game that's coming out uh, later next year. If that's if that's your jam, get it for free. Neo 2 coming in November for PlayStation Plus. On top of that, we also have the Lego Harry Potter collection. There are two, I guess, two games included with this. Uh, years one through four and years five through seven, Remastered, it's it's a Lego action adventure game, just kind of like how all the Lego games are. Probably some, you know, if you're into that that style of like comedy and, uh, and gameplay, mm-hmm. Go for it. It's going to be a good time.
0: They're good uh, couch co-op games uh, for people who have like kids and you know wives that don't yeah. want to play and hardcore shit.
1: And it's Harry Potter. Yeah, everybody loves Harry Potter. Well, most people. Um, so go check it out. Uh, then lastly, we have Heavenly Bodies for the PS4 and PS5. This is a space-based physics puzzle game. So probably one of the uh, one of the more indier indie indie games that are going to be available for uh PlayStation plus essential, but those are your three games. We won't be finding out about the, then the higher tiers for Sony uh, in November, probably until probably next week, two weeks from now, we'll find out um, what kind of games are going to be added to the, oh, man, I don't even remember what the tiers are called anymore. A, elite deluxe. God damn it. Sony, you got to get better at your name. scheme. <laughs> I don't even, I'm subscribed to, I'm, I'm subscribed to them and I don't even remember the name of the damn thing. Come yeah. on, Sony. But uh, we won't find out more about those games until the, until, you know, a week or two from now. So keep an eye out for that or listen to the podcast and we'll let you know when it comes up.
0: Yep. And so the games that, that are going to be rolling off uh, this week is uh, Hot Wheels Unleashed, Injustice 2 and Super Hot. So make sure you try to get those.
3: For
1: sure. And then next we have from Amazon. You know you're subscribed to Amazon Prime. You probably have a Twitch sub, for a, a Prime sub that you don't ever use. Grab the games. They're free. Uh, we don't. They're actually not too, not too bad. Uh, in November, Amazon is giving out Fallout New Vegas Ultimate Edition. If you somehow don't have it, th- this game has probably been on sale forever. You could probably get it for like five bucks. But it is a first-person shooter RPG from Obsidian Entertainment and Bethesda. It is a probably one of the most highly regarded Fallout games. I want to say ever. People people enjoyed Fallout 3, people enjoy Fallout 4, but for whatever reason, um, I guess Obsidian Entertainment's pedigree, when they did the Fallout New Vegas game, people love the crap out of it. I, I think it's most people's favorite of the first-person Fallout games. Uh, Next up we have Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. This is kind of a continuing theme with Amazon Prime Gaming. Uh, This is a LucasArts uh, point-and-click adventure game from the 90s. Uh, I think last week there was Loom, which was kind of like a similar LucasArts game. So it appears that Amazon Prime is giving out a lot of these older LucasArts titles from the early 90s. And this is the next one up and then after that, we have a game called Facility 47. It is a puzzle game set in a research facility in Antarctica. WRC9 is a rally racing game for the uh, racing game folks. Etherborn is an environmental puzzle platformer built around understanding gravity shifting structures, which is a mouthful. Yeah. It's it's interesting, an interesting kind of art style uh, around with it, but... Um, I don't know. I'm not a big puzzle game guy, but uh, there are a decent amount of puzzle games here. So if you're into that kind of stuff, Amazon Prime is giving you a whole bunch of stuff to look at. Uh, next up, there is Whispering Willows, which is a horror adventure puzzle game set in some kind of mysterious mansion. You're, uh, I think you're a girl trying to find her fa- missing father, something like that. So you know, a little bit of, a little bit of s- spooky stuff along with your puzzle game with that one. And then finally, they are giving away Last Day of June. It is a interactive cinematic adventure game about love and loss. A lot of feels in this one. It sounds like, and I just want to call out the the art aesthetic for Last Day of June. It is kind of unsettling. Um the the character the characters have concaved oh, spaces is, where their eye should be. Where yeah. This reminds
0: be. me of Coraline. A little yeah, bit I was gonna I was gonna lines. mention
1: Coraline. Yeah. It it is it seems like it's a, it's gonna be a really really decent cinematic adventure game if that's if that's if that's what you're into. But I, I will say that the the aesthetic of it is way more interesting than I think the game might be. I don't know. Yeah, I, the
0: aesthetic looks dope. I mean like they have uh famous paintings like all over the walls and stuff of uh Van Gogh in one of the screenshots that I've seen. Uh And even in those paintings, (laughs) all the eyeballs are gone. It's fucking weird.
1: Very weird. Yeah. So that that kind of wraps up the stuff that we know uh, so far. We'll probably hear from uh, Game Pass, Game Pass Ultimate, and um, any other free stuff. I think uh, Humble Bundle is probably going to be releasing their their Humble Bundle uh, choice their choice subscription stuff, uh, they'll probably be talking about it next week. So we'll get back to you next week on what they announce. Um, the next up, we also have a release date that was given to us for Long, the Team Ninja Action Adventure RPG game coming out in March 3rd, 2023. So next year, probably we got about five months to go. They had a, um, I, they had a demo for the game, I think a month or two back I don't know if it's still playable but it was it was something for sure. If you're into the Soulsborne experience, if you love just punishing combat, having to learn attack patterns and learning to dodge and, you know, punish or be punished when you make mistakes, you're going to want to get this on March 3rd, 2023. Team Ninja also gave us some details. If you're interested in not just getting just the standard version of the game, they do have uh, some some deluxe and launch editions that uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, but first off, just the standard game. If you buy if you buy it on disc, if you buy it digitally uh, as a uh, pre-order, the physical game will incu- include. Uh, I I'm not going to pronounce any of these right, so I'm sorry. Uh, by who <laughs> armor. So there's an armor set I guess you're going to get as an early purchase bonus if you buy the physical game. Uh, Digital games, uh, the digital version of the game, will include the Zuku and the Baihu armor as pre-order bonus. So you get two armor sets if you buy the digital version. Screw you if you want to buy it on disc, I guess, is what they're saying. However, they also have a Steelbook launch edition that they're going to be um, also releasing. This is probably going to be the... Probably the copies that you'll find in store shelves uh, for like the first couple of months of the game. If it sells well, this this may be limited. So if you're into the Steelbook like I am, then go out. You're probably going to want to buy this day one just to make sure. Yeah. Uh, but the Steelbook launch edition contains the Crown of Zurong and the Crown of Gong, Gong bonus DLC, as well as the <laughs> Baihu armor. Oh, go to hell, Bradley. I <laughs> know this is hilarious. Yeah, I'm having a good time with this. I know you're having a good time. Just like I am. And I yeah. hope you guys are too. Next up, we have the Digital Deluxe. This is, I guess, the premium version of the game. This is going to include, I guess, if you want to pay... I, I, we don't know any price points right now. So it's hard to tell how much this is going to be. This is probably going to be the 80 $90 version of the game. And the reason is, is because not only do you get the game you know, some throwaways like a digital art book in, in the mini soundtrack, but you're also getting the season pass. So the season pass is going to be, I guess, um, some c- DLC content that's going to be coming during the lifespan of the game. So if you get the digital deluxe, you'll basically have everything the game has to offer during, uh, you know, however long they support it after release. Not only that, you also get the Qing long armor season pass bonus, the Baihu, and the Zuku armor pre-order bonus. You're killing me, Wulong. You're killing me. <laughs> the DLC, uh, from what we know, or at least what we've been told, the season pass is going to include three main pieces of DLC. No info yet about what that actually means, but if you do purchase the season pass separately, you do get the, uh, the Queen Long Armor bonus uh, as a literal bonus for purchasing the, the season pass. Hmm. Setting up um, setting up Oolong, uh, for the March third release. Uh, super excited for it. The game pissed me off to no end, but it is so satisfying once you once you learn how to how to attack um, bosses and enemies. You didn't. You never got a chance to to try mm-hmm. Oolong, did you?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, we we talked about it uh, when when I first saw the original trailers. And when they started releasing information about what type of like gameplay it would be. Um, and we both know that I am terrible with souls like, uh, games. Uh, and you were like, this is a game that's not for you. You're just going to be mad as fuck. You're better off watching it on Twitch. So that's what I'm waiting for. I'm going to save myself some heartache on this one and a little bit of money and, uh, just watch people beat the shit out
1: of this game. You know, now that you say that, um, we we were talking before we we started recording um about my experiences with Bayonetta 2. So I'm currently <laughs> finishing up Bayonetta 2 because I never played it um before I get into Bayonetta 3. And Bayonetta 2 is whooping the shit out of me. It is absolutely dominating me. The one thing I will give Bayonetta 2 and I think just the Bayonetta series in general is they do have I guess uh uh, what do you call it? Um, difficulty settings. So you could you could tone it down if you want to, or you can set it up to hard out the gate. At least in Bayonetta 2. But man, they really punish you for just screwing up. You miss a dodge, You're they dead. will absolutely tear you up. And I'm I'm surprised that as somebody who enjoyed Bayonetta 2, as you said you did yeah that these kind of games just absolutely you will not touch
0: yeah it's weird well so i like i like the control scheme a lot of uh bayonetta 1 and 2 i i, I find there's there's a lot of simplicity in the control scheme it plays a lot like any other um very I fast too yeah it is very fast but it it plays a lot like you know you got your heavy attack light attack on your face buttons you have a dodge as a trigger or something like that. And then you have like jump and something else um, on your face as well. And, and then, you know, quick action menus on your directional pad, I think. Yeah. Um, And I, I like that kind of setup. Uh, And I, I'm sure if I just went to uh, a soul's light game and I just changed the controller setup, I would
1: instantly love it. Possibly. Did you have any trouble with uh witch time when you were playing no no uh i mean
0: in the beginning yeah but like as you go through the the game right and then you start to recognize like how uh telegraphed the enemy's attacks are it gets pretty fucking easy to start like witch timing the shit out of people that being said i didn't play it on hard like you did uh i think i started on hard i got my ass whooped and was like "Ah, i'm going back to fucking normal (laughs) uh because i I want to enjoy this game
1: it's it's very enjoyable, and even though they kind of, they kind of shit on you, at the end of every chapter,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, because of how bad you you actually do, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't really stop you from progressing through the game. You know, it doesn't. You you get shit on, but it gives you the entire game. Like it doesn't really hold you back. The only thing I will say that kind of frustrates me is the um. The multiple, I don't know, what uh, what would you call it? Uh, attack. Uh, so, like, you'll get, like, a boss down, like, mm-hmm. a third of their life, and it'll just completely change. Oh, like and the phases. And a boss yeah, there right, you yeah. go. That's what I was... I can't believe I couldn't think of phases. But, yeah, some some of the Bayonetta bosses have, you know, multiple phases where you learn a pattern, you get absolutely wrecked, and then you're yep. like, yay, I, I finished phase one. And then you're phase two. And then their pattern completely changes and you get instantly wrecked. And then you have to go back and start over again. There's some bosses that allow you to can like continue on from the phase that you left off at. Yeah. But some bosses you start off back at phase one. Yeah. And And those
0: are fucking awful. Those are awful because the, the attack pattern changing so drastically or the boss taking a completely different form or the room changing or now you're on a completely different environment altogether. You know, like, you're scaling a fucking clock tower and then that clock tower breaks and now you're falling. There's debris everywhere. So now it's a jumping mechanic plus a dodging mechanic and all of this other shit. Some, some of the fights are really fucking over the top and they're, um, they're more for spectacle than they are for anything else. And I, I think some of the game balancing and, uh, when they, when you go into hard was just not there for it.
1: I will say that I could do without the button mashing. Oh, the, the and like the yeah. spin
0: in your fucking sticks.
1: Oh, the spin. Oh, I sticks. hate that one.
2: I hate I will the, spin say the that stick thing.
1: I, I kind of wish, I wish they didn't change the button that you would use to mash. Yeah. Because sometimes, like they, I think it could go through almost at least three of the face, three of the four face buttons. It could potentially be. Yep. And you never really know which one it's going to be. At least I don't think so, because I haven't really noticed a pattern. Mainly because everything's coming at you so fast that it's hard to it's hard to like recognize any of this kind of stuff. Yeah. So that would that's what bothers me about Bayonetta. But compared to like a game like Wolong and Souls, Souls like games, it's very slow and methodical, mm-hmm. and you're not you're not essentially like in the middle of like a black hole, like collapsing on itself with all of this debris and bullshit spinning around you. Yeah. You know, you're usually like in an arena, <laughs> in yeah. an arena with, it's just you and the boss, you know, it's not very, it's not very, I guess, uh, the shit's, it anime doesn't overload fuck. your senses with yeah. everything going on on the screen. So not only you have all of this shit happening in the background, you're also trying to pay attention to the son of a bitch just kind of like warping around everywhere and then waiting for like the flash and hoping and hoping that you dodge the attack. Right. Yeah. So the fact that you can get through Bayonetta and not the <laughs> and not the Souls games. A little perplexing to me, but, you know, we we I, have our we have our uh, preferences. I get it.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I keep saying that I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give them another chance. Uh, and I will. I will. Uh, I think recognizing a lot about like what I like inside of games and I, I've, I've learned that by doing this podcast and having all these conversations with you recently just outside of the podcast about what 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 games do I even fucking like because I play a lot of games <laughs> and I'm yeah. like do I really even fucking like jrpgs anymore like I'm not entirely too sure <laughs> like and so uh my my taste in games is changing a lot the way that I want to play games is changing a lot um And so maybe, you know, with with stuff like this with uh, Bayonetta and Nier and a couple other action uh, RPG style games that I play a lot of, um, I think it's pushing me more towards uh, Souls-like games. Um, But I just have to to be ready and willing uh, to accept defeat over and over and over again to learn.
1: I actually had an interesting conversation with uh, with another person uh, about it, it involved kind of like uh, kind of like the anime tropes, mm-hmm. uh, mainly mainly with one of the games that I'm playing um, right now. It's a JRPG uh, Xenoblade Chronicles three. Um, I don't think this is a spoiler, um, but I will say that the the common trope of two people destined to meet kind of thing is something that as played out as it is just captivates me every fucking time no matter how often they rehash it or how similar it might be from like JRPG to JRPG something mm-hmm. about that just kind of just kind of engages me and no matter no matter if I and I never see it coming either you know I never and, see it coming and I kind of I always like to shit on the very very tropey, you know, very fan servicey JRPG type stuff. But I think I found myself gravitating more towards those RPG games than more of the like the Western based like The Witcher, Skyrim, like all that stuff. Like, I don't really give a shit. Me either. And it's dude. starting it's starting to get to the point where even like Final Fantasy is kind of starting to like creep into that direction. Yep. Yep. you know what I mean and I I don't think I care about that at all like I rather I rather have like some some anime girl and in, in like and she has like cat ears or something really dumb like that
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I used to shit on that so hard. Yeah. But then I'm just like, well, you know, like it's a compelling JRPG, you know, like and you know, like when we talk about <laughs> we talk about like the world in general and when you bring people together, you know, and, and stuff like that, and just like eh, not too bad. Not too yeah. bad. Yeah.
0: And then the whole message at the very end is just friendship is magic. Uh it's Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And so. I, I guess it I guess it's Mary it's a very idealized version of you know, some sort of some sort of story. Yeah. yeah. And it It always and maybe it's just a Japanese thing where they like to rehash like these kind of concepts over and over again and they wrap it up in a different kind of flavor. Like in Xenoblade Chronicles three, it's it's a little bit more um, more like they they wrap it up in like war and what it means to, you know, to be in control of your destiny and blah, 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 and this and that. And I don't know, like, I, I guess I eat it up. I eat it up. Hmm. I'm a simple, I'm a simple, I'm a simple person who thought I had more refined tastes in uh, RPGs, but a, I don't know, throw in a cat girl and I guess I'm happy. I guess. That's yeah, dude, it is,
0: I, 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 I'm the same way with, uh, certain types of movies and anime and stuff like that. You could give me the same fucking trope over and over and over again. And if it, if, if you change it just enough, I'm going to, I'm going to watch your shit like nonstop. Uh, and the same with games. I mean, like I, I keep harping on so much about like near, and it's only because I'm replaying it on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that game got way too much hype for the Switch port. It is not that good. <laughs> it looks yeah. like muddy
1: water. They they uh, the the stuff that were they were coming out with, they were saying yeah. like miracle port.
0: Yeah, it's for amazing. sure. But it's still muddy bullshit. <laughs> it's still muddy bullshit. Um it's fun to just play it handheld, but I could have just done that on my fucking Steam Deck and it looks better. So
3: you
0: yeah. But we got in in terms of like other RPGs and shit, we got <laughs> a game you already fucking mentioned, uh from CD, CD Project Red. That's uh, right. I yeah. did mention
1: it. Getting a fucking what is that, a remaster? Is that what they're doing here? I think no, this is a complete remake. Oh. It was it was a couple, of, I don't think it was last week, but it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, CD Projekt Red came out and they started talking about their their plans for the future and, excuse me, they were talking about things like, oh, you know, we're going to have a uh, Cyberpunk 2077 sequel, something like that. And they also had some some project names that they they spat out. And one of them was called Canis Majoris, and I think you you made a yeah. reference to them being like heavenly bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and CD Projekt Red finally came out and told us what one of those code names actually was. And Canis Majoris is a remake of the first Witcher game. This is a looks like a complete from the ground up remake of the Witcher game. It's not using the old Witcher uh, game engine. This is going to be using Unreal Engine five. So this is probably going to be And the Witcher game is... This is old. This is some old old shit from back in the the day. This is going to be probably a very beautiful game by the time this gets gets released. It's going to be a stark difference from the original Witcher. They haven't given us any more details about when it's going to get released. Uh, They're probably going to give us details later on. But from this announcement, we can probably gather that this is probably going to be like three or four years away. Yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no way this is coming out. Like in 2023, I don't even think it's even going to come close to being released in 2024. We got a ways to go. Yeah. But they're letting us know the Witcher is coming out.
0: That's sick, man. Cause I, 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 we did just kind of dunk on the idea that we both really don't like Western RPGs. Um, But with the the release of The Witcher show, I did want to go back and just play them because I've never played them. But Witcher 1 is so fucking ugly. And I know people are going to be like, down in the comments before, like they did last time, graphics aren't everything. Well, motherfucker? (laughs) Uh, You're right. But I don't want to immerse myself in a game that, you know, looks like dog shit unless I know I'm going to be in love with it. Like, I would probably go back and play you know, uh Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver 2 or whatever something whatever the fuck that is where you play as Raziel, the fucking vampire that gets his wings ripped out and shit, has to prove himself back and uh try to try to kill Kane. I would go back and play that old dog <laughs> shit before I'd play Witcher One. Hands down. Yeah. Uh but that's because Legacy of Kain has a fucking captivating story that I really like. <laughs> and Witcher, uh, I don't give a shit about outside of the fucking TV show, right?
1: I guess. I'm not so. gonna lie. I think I think I got. I don't think I got through the cinematic, the intro cinematic for the original Witcher game. Hmm. I tried to play it. The Witcher, because <laughs> they have the enhanced versions of the games they released yep. a while back. Yep. So I launched it, and it starts off with a very long, uh, you know, cutscene, uh, CGI cutscene, and I was just like, I'm out. <laughs> I I I probably should go back and at least give it a fair chance but um yeah I haven't touched it since I don't know this was probably like last year when I attempted to do it damn so, I don't know if I, I don't know but good for CD Projekt Red you know yeah. they had they had a they had it tough with with Cyberpunk 2077 which I do think people should give a give a chance now uh I although that's probably not a hot take they have uh with the what was it the um the Edge Runner, uh anime. All the that you anime, put out on yeah, yeah. Netflix, yeah. A lot of a lot of hype for CD Project uh CD Project's uh Cyberpunk 2077 game at that point. Mm-hmm. It's good. It came out, it was kind of dog shit. If you were on console, it was kind of decent on PC, which is where I played it. Um, because I wanted to I wanted it to be like the ray tracing showcase game, and I bought an entire 3080. Uh, in order to play it, and I had a blast. It was fantastic, and this is going to follow later on in the show. But can I... I absolutely adored the voice acting. Absolutely adored. There are, god damn it, there is a bad ending of the game that you can that you can do, and I went ahead and did. it. I did all of the endings in, in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Just the emotion and pain that some of these voice actors put out during that that bad ending my god my god i teared up it was it was excruciating to hear damn for real it was it was yeah cuz like you've you've played you've played the you've played the full game you know you've you've gotten to know some of these characters. These characters were, um, you know, they were major, major characters through your playthrough. Mm-hmm. And, and so just, just listening, just listening to the pain and anguish during the bad ending. It was just like, Oh no, like I didn't mean to make you feel that way. You know, it was like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, Oh man, like I don't really like the bad ending at all. So damn. yeah. And, uh, God damn it. Um, what is his name? I don't know. He was the. I I will say that Keanu Reeves. No, 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 no. fuck Keanu, fuck Keanu Reeves. Like I no. under, like he was, he was, he was fine enough. He was fine enough. Um, Jackie Wells. Jackie Wells is the, is kind of like your your buddy for the uh, for kind of like the prologue of the game.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I want to say that this was probably one of the best representations of, like, Hispanic culture and just um, their ability to, like, the way that they talk, how they talk to you, the accents, just everything around it, Uh, because they were um, because they're, you know, Cyberpunk has uh, Valentinos as a gang uh, inside of Cyberpunk 2077, and, you know, they are, you know, a Hispanic, Latino-based gang, and like, they nailed it. They nailed it. Just oh. just the way that Jackie Wells speaks to you, the uh the the slang that he uses, his mom, the way his mom talks to you uh in the game, it is on fucking point. So good. Like Fuck. I said, I in I will say that as far as voice acting is concerned, you notice when it's really good. But outside of that, like it's it, you can probably get away with it up until like it's super terrible. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's uh
0: there's just like with uh looking at people's faces, there's an uncanny valley area of like voice acting where it just like pulls you out and you're just like what the fuck is going on? But for the most part everybody's involved, right? Like you you you're watching something you mostly don't care. When you find good right. voice actors like like this dude then, then that's kind of fucking rad.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, like I said, give uh, give Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven a shot. It's pretty decent right now.
0: Okay. Yeah, pretty I d- I own the game. I just haven't fucking installed it yet.
1: <laughs> you should. It's. Uh, I think it's fun. If if you really get into the if you really get into the story, um, I recently did a play through. I think earlier this year, where I went through and I just did everything in the goddamn game. That was Damn. like a 100, 120 hours. I did all of the side quests. I made a, I made enough money to purchase all of the like all of the vehicles that you can purchase and all this other stuff. I mean it's still like the the meat of the game is um it's thin like uh it's thin like deli sliced meat. You know, it's not there's not a whole bunch there. It's like almost a veneer of flavor, if you wanna mm. keep with that analogy. But there's enough of it there to kind of to kind of fill you up, I should say. Hmm. All Right. all right. so let's uh let's move on before I gush too hard on Cyberpunk 2077. Um kind of bad news for Xbox folks. Every, you know, if you were if you were an Xbox person, you got to dunk on Sony earlier this year because of their because of their uh price increases that they did for um the PlayStation 5 console in other regions uh for for North American regions still. Most of the times, you can only find the the game bundles on uh, Sony Direct's website. So right now, they have, I think uh, they're moving on towards a, a Modern Warfare two bundle. So it's five five sixty compared to the normal five hundred dollar uh, disc version. So you know it's technically a sixty dollar premium on on top of the just bare bones console, but we had Phil Spencer who sat down with the Wall Street Journal for uh, a 30 minute interview uh, a few days ago. And he gave a little bit of, a little bit of insight into um, the Xbox platform as a whole and how it's kind of doing in a more economic, uh, in a more economic way. And one of the reasons we're hearing about this now is because right now Xbox is getting into it with the Uh, I think it's, they're called the CMA. It's the European regulatory body uh, who oversees things like uh, mergers and acquisitions, which obviously Microsoft is going through right now with Activision Blizzard. And the CMA is not saying some favorable things that uh, Xbox or Microsoft in general doesn't want to hear. And so, you know, Microsoft is trying to get in front of all of this right now. Um, But they, he did admit that, Microsoft is subsidizing the console right now. So Xbox series S and X are costing Microsoft to the tune of a hundred to $200 per console. Shit. Yeah. They getting fucked. And, and we know, we know this is relatively common practice, mm-hmm. right? It's, I think even, I think even uh, when Epic sued Apple, they tried to differentiate the reason why, Apple didn't need to or why Apple should open up their app store because they don't subsidize their phones, whereas on the game console space, Sony and Microsoft tend to subsidize their console, which means that they lose money on every console sold in the hopes of making it up with, you know, services and, you know, digital game purchases, subscriptions Uh and things like that. That's how they uh, entice people to to get into their ecosystem. They do it by selling their console at a loss. So apparently, Microsoft is still losing money on every Xbox sold currently. I think there was a report saying that Sony technically is making money on the PS5 as of 2021. And that may or may not make sense when you you think about it. Because... They've we've had three or four different revisions of the PlayStation 5 console to date. Yep. And you can see that they are shrinking the, the motherboard. They are simplifying the cooling solution. So the original release of the PS5 had an absolutely massive copper heat sink. Copper is not cheap. If you need to cool uh, a lar- a powerful system like the PS5, and they've been able to you know, lower the amount of copper, they've been able to shrink the heat sink, you know, shrink a lot of the components. I think uh, there even is rumors that they have refined the uh, the process used to create the chips for the PS5. So Sony seems to be making strides on cutting down the costs of all of the components in the system. Whereas Microsoft, I think, has been pretty steady. So I think they are currently still losing money on each uh Console sold. At the same time, they've also told us that Game Pass growth is also kind of slowing down significantly. They have seen very, very slow growth on the console side, and Phil Spencer kind of seems to think that they are kind of reaching the point where anybody who wanted to get a Game Pass subscription on an Xbox console has kind of already done it. And, you know, there's really not much else they can do. However, they seem to be making a lot of growth on the PC side. So we'll probably see a lot of, um, a lot of marketing pushed for Game Pass Ultimate uh, in the future as they try to increase uh, subscriptions for their PC side of things. And they also said, or at least Phil Spencer said, that they do see themselves um, modifying the price point of their products but not until the new year. So they're going to keep everything constant for the time being. But after, after the new year, starting in 2023, it does seem like Microsoft is going to be leaning towards making some modifications on some of the price points of their products. It could mean that if you were to purchase a game outside of game pass, that you're going to be seeing the $70 first party titles on, uh, Microsoft consoles. So games like, uh, was it Starfield? The new Bethesda game that's coming out, uh, Hopefully next year, um, the same thing for uh, Hellblade, uh, Sinuous Sacrifice, or something like that. Hellblade two, whatever the whatever the next version, um, whatever the subtitle of the next game is, those could be seventy dollars purchases if you were to buy them in store. They could also be hinting at maybe an increase in the console price. You know, we gave Sony a lot of shit for increasing it by by fifty bucks or you know something somewhere around there. Uh, equivalents in other regions you know we could see microsoft maybe increasing the price of their consoles they are losing a a lot of money on them at the moment maybe their shareholders aren't comfortable uh, losing that much per console so they may increase the price i mean honestly the the xbox series s if you don't care about 4k resolutions or anything like that for 300 bucks that's a damn good console yeah you know you can't use discs or anything like that but Essentially, Microsoft is making developers guarantee that the games that come out on the Xbox platform work nearly as well on the Xbox Series X as they do on the Xbox Series X, S and X. God, they sound so similar. So it's a good it's a good deal, especially if you have Game Pass where you're not worried about purchasing discs. You know, you get a Game Pass subscription, you get a Series S console and man, you're eating good. You really have no reason to purchase anything else. You get tons of games every month that you play essentially for for like fifteen dollars a month. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad at all, dude. Yeah. And uh if we're being honest, Microsoft has kept a loophole going for Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate going for a while. There are some I and I haven't subscribed to Game Pass because of this. For about fifty to sixty dollars, no shit for 50-60, you can essentially get yourself 3 years of Game Pass and then upgrade that for a dollar to get Game Pass Ultimate. What the fuck? 50 bucks, dude. And the only reason you can get 3 years is because Microsoft caps it at 3 years. Mm. This this deal comes up a couple of times a year, 2-3 times a year, and I'm waiting for I'm hoping that um what is it uh What happens in November, Black Friday or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, the deal comes back. Let's hope so, man. And it basically uh, boils down to either um, mass purchasing um, Game Pass three-month or six-month subscriptions digitally. And there's some websites... um, Like, if you go to Slick Deals and just kind of monitor Slick Deals, you'll see it come up a couple of times a year. But basically... Literally 50 to $60 upgrade to uh, Game Pass Ultimate for a dollar. That deal. Um, I think you can check with Microsoft to see if you qualify for it. Uh, and, and I, I know I do. So I'm just waiting for that because you can't beat that. $50, $60 bucks for three years of Game Pass Ultimate. Gaming on your PC and your Xbox. You basically get a whole bunch of games day one when they drop. Yep. And then you get games reoccurring every month. Fantastic deal fan-fucking-tastic.
0: Yeah. And if you're the type of person who doesn't give a shit about, like, physical copies of games or uh, keeping digital copies of games around forever, you just beat it and then move on? I mean, this is, like, the service, in my opinion. Like, 100%. Yeah. They're very consumer friendly with how they, they price stuff for the uh, for their Game
1: Pass. That's right. And So, if I were you, I would probably lock in three years of Game Pass Ultimate as soon as possible, which is why I'm on the lookout for that deal. And uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of shout out: we have we actually have an official Twitter account now. And um, this Twitter account, we will be highlighting things like anytime if you don't if you don't feel like listening to just all of the shit that Wario sixty four just inundates your. <laughs> your uh, notifications with every day, then uh, you can just follow our, our Twitter, our Twitter account. And uh, we will highlight things like if there's a PS five available game deals, anything significant going on uh, throughout the week, we'll highlight it. We'll, we'll talk, we'll post and stuff like that. So follow our Twitter account. Um, I don't know, Bradley make something magical happen on the screen or Somewhere, <laughs> yeah, or maybe sure, just check sure. the description. Uh, we'll have the Twitter account there where you can you can follow us and and try to get in on some of these some of these deals because we all love like I could definitely afford the normal subscription cost, but fuck fifty sixty bucks for three years like I'll wait for that shit. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just I guess a little bit more on top of the Game Pass stuff. Microsoft has been. Has been trying to be very, very aggressive when it comes to uh, their Game Pass growth, and I think it was two years ago. I think it was 2019. 2019 was of, was it 2022? I don't know how earnings calls work, but essentially a couple of years ago, um, they were they were smashing their Game Pass growth target, uh, and then they kind of fell last year, and this year is kind of even worse they actually had a 73% growth target that they were trying to hit and they only hit 28%. Yikes. I, I want to say that even though 28% growth seems to be good, it, it almost feels like Microsoft really wants a more aggressive growth in that area of the Xbox business. Mm-hmm. And we'll just have to see if, uh, if these numbers continue to stagnate like this, what Microsoft is going to do about it. Um, You know, they have their, they are a trillion dollar company. They are, they are basically dumping $70 billion, which is probably a combination of a whole bunch of companies, probably, probably maybe a Nintendo and Sony combined. They're dropping that kind of money to acquire growth. You know, King for mobile Activision, Blizzard, Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Overwatch, all of those things are going to be under the Microsoft umbrella. You can only spend so much money like that before people are like, "All right, like we need you to actually like make us a whole bunch of fucking money." Yeah, you know what I mean. We want our ROI. Where's the ROI? You know, we're allowing you to spend all of this money to hopefully. Smash Sony and Nintendo, and become just like the premier platform for digital gaming or whatever the hell they're attempting to do. And um, I think we're gonna see them probably swing very hard uh, into one or more of those directions sometime soon. So we'll we'll have to watch out to see what Microsoft is gonna do.
0: Yeah, I'm excited and to then, see like what their marketing platform is gonna be to try to. Uh... Change people's minds on what uh, the Xbox platform can offer them. So
3: I want to say
1: that it seems like cloud. Cloud's a big thing for Microsoft. Yeah, and I they they've been they threw a whole bunch of shade at uh, Google and and Apple uh, during I think it was during <laughs> the same sit down that they did. Yeah. They called them a duopoly, which essentially is two two companies coming through to uh, I guess mutually control like the mobile space. You know, Microsoft tried to try to drop into the uh, mobile mobile phone space uh like what 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Died. absolute absolute disaster. Just like how they tried to do like okay. People love the Zune. Yeah. When it came to like a a, a music player. Fine, whatever. But uh iPods absolutely stomped. Yeah. Regardless of what you think about the feature set or anything like that, Absolutely stomped on the Zoom. Yep. Microsoft was not going to be like, no, we're okay having like you know a .05 percent of the market, you know, because we have a good product and people love to pr- like. Not a- no, no, nope. no. Yeah, that's not gonna. That's not enough to keep to keep a product alive. <laughs> you nope, know they I mean? end of life that shit so fucking fast. So quick. Yeah. So quick, and they did the same thing with the Windows Phone. Yep. Uh, they did the same thing with Mixer. You know, like. Microsoft, even though they have a strong cloud background, you know, they even realized like they would rather pay out all of those people that they stole from Twitch, they stole from Amazon, Mm -hmm. to be in that Mixer ecosystem. Even they were just like, "Fuck that, pay everybody else out. We're ending everything. Go away." You know, it's like it's not worth it. And you know, that's that's uh that's a lot. That's what a lot of these. Companies do. And Microsoft is all about Microsoft. I don't really give a shit about Xbox. Xbox makes them money. They're happy. They're going to throw some investment to make sure that, you know, they can continue to give Microsoft value for what they're doing. But once it stops bringing value in, you know, shit can hit the fan. Microsoft has shown us that they can and will do it. I feel like...
0: We as consumers I had the same type of conversation back with the Xbox 360 and the, I don't know, pre, like all previous gens of Xbox, like they're always like, dude, we sell our consoles for a loss every time. Um, so it's, it's not a surprise to me when they came out and said we're losing 100 to $200 per console. Uh, what is a surprise is how far off they were from uh, their Game Pass growth. And the fact that they may increase prices because they've never done this before. Um, and and then put they the tried. onus. Yeah, they've tried, and, but they're going to put the onus on the consumer and say, Hey, you make up our profits because we fuck it fucking suck at trying to sell it all to you guys. So,
1: yeah, I mean, t- it's, I think it's just a, a company just trying to strong arm their, their way into, into a market. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft's been trying to do that for a while. Uh, I think one of the biggest things is they basically ripped uh, the Halo game uh, Mm. from Apple. They purchased um, Bungie because Bungie showed off the Halo game at a Macworld conference uh, way back in the day. So you have like Steve Jobs talking about, oh, like, you know, this is going to be a new a new revolution for for the Macs. And, you know, Macs is where the games are going to be and blah, blah, blah. And then Microsoft was like, nah, we're going to buy Bungie. And, uh, it's going to be an Xbox exclusive Yeah. and that's essentially how they launched the original Xbox. And, you know, they've been, they've been kind of doing that, uh, over the, over the course of the, their life of the, of the console, you know, they ended up purchasing, purchasing rare yep. and, uh, they ended up, you know, doing sea of thieves <laughs> for whatever, whatever you, some people love it. I don't give a shit. I, I would. I would rather Rare work on, like, Rare-type games yeah. instead of Sea of fucking Thieves. Like, I have no interest in that. Give me but fucking you know,
0: Scalebound. Bring me Scalebound back. Something. I, I need
1: it. But. Something. So, you know, they're making steps, and we'll see, because they, they, they had a very shit 2022. A lot of the games yeah. that they were supposed to supposed to release, the, the Halo Infinite, which had a terrible launch where they had to, you know, move back, or push back an entire year and it's still released in a shit state. Damn. Uh, the fact that Hellblade had to be delayed, uh, Starfield ended up being delayed. I think Starfield was supposed to release next month. Wow. You know? But they, they pushed it out. And I don't think they've even locked down like when it's supposed to uh release. Like some people are thinking that ED it, it might even be pushed into twenty twenty four because we oh, haven't heard shit crazy. about it. You know what I mean? I mean they gave us a little bit of gameplay. They gave us, you know, they, you know, they kind of they kind of tickled the balls a little bit when they uh, yeah. they did their little re- reveal about Starfield, but to be honest, man, like it looked a little rough. Yeah. It looked a little rough.
0: Yeah, it's it's got some pretty uh bad reviews on 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 YouTube channels. Most of most people are just saying like this shit looks empty as fuck.
1: We'll, um, we'll have to see. Yeah. We'll have to see because um, you know, they've we are gonna have to wait for uh, Starfield to be released, mm-hmm. and then after that, we're gonna wait for the next Skyrim. Like Bethesda and Microsoft essentially have have to have like a five and six year plan before these games actually get released. So if Microsoft shits the entire bed for the next four or five years, there's no telling what are gonna happen with these games. Yeah, no telling. But we'll see. Microsoft's a big company and hopefully they they think of this as a long term, a long term type thing, because, I mean, they've been at this for probably going on over 20 years at this point. Yeah. So we'll see if they can sustain it for another five to 10 years, especially like this economy and and the fact that everything has to increase in price. Uh, So we'll see where they have to increase price or we're going to see like where they're going to start cutting stuff.
0: Yeah. I would like to see uh cuz i mean like the price increase for a lot of stuff is like the scarcity of materials and shit but now we're starting mm-hmm. to see like ai upscaling i'm i'm hopeful that like next gen consoles lean real heavy into the ai upscaling shit because some of that stuff is badass
1: oh yeah um i think right now even even the current gen consoles mm-hmm. uh xbox series x the ps5 and i think even the nintendo switch they have the ability to use AMDs like FSR. Mm -hmm. So FSR is not necessarily AI upscaling, but it is a upscaling technology, which doesn't rely on any kind of specific um, uh, technology platform. So NVIDIA's uh, DLSS requires uh, the Tensor Cores on the card itself in order to perform. And I want to say that AMD... Maybe not AMD, but I think Intel also has like XESS, which requires some kind of processing um, cores on their Intel GPUs. I think AMD is kind of sticking with their upscaling, but I think they may have some sort of AI stuff coming down the pipeline. So I guess um, even
0: with software, like you still have to have the hardware of like a, a good GPU and stuff like that inside of the consoles, mainly. which it's still going to drop the price.
1: Uh, Yeah, there's there's been rumors that there are Xbox Series X pros and PS5 pros um, that developers, you know, certain developers have those um, development kits already. Mm -hmm. And if I were if I were guessing, if I were betting, man, I guess you should say, I would think that if we really did see a pro version of these consoles coming out in the next year or two, it's probably to to do on that. Um, okay. adding some sort of like specific um, cores onto the uh, the system on a chip itself to do things like AI upscaling. Because even now we're seeing games where on the console side, they're having to lock them into like 30 frames per second. Gotham yep. Knights is probably a, a very good yikes. example of that one. Um, and what we found out is that um, Gotham Knights is essentially CPU bound. Which is bad because yeah. a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the power on these uh, current gen consoles are coming from the GPU. But if you have games that are CPU limited, that means that no matter how good the GPU is, the CPU itself is the one that's holding you back from uh, having any better performance. And Digital Foundry did a very good analysis where they actually showed on the PC side of things that no matter if you have if you have a weak CPU. No matter which card, if you had like a 3080 and a 4090, the the frames per second that you were getting, um, swapping those two cards out with uh, using the same CPU was not doing anything to the to the performance in the God damn! Ice that's
0: game. wild. That's fucking yeah. wild. They so coded this motherfucker like a MMO.
1: Like it's, why? It's it's I don't know. It's um it was a decision that the developers made uh, whenever yeah. they they made the game. Uh, No telling why. I think uh, even when you look at the CPU utilization for all the cores, it does seem like they are not utilizing all of the CPU cores like they should. So it could just be a threading issue, and I will not lie, um, optimizing optimizing a game, optimizing any software to utilize all of the CPU cores, that's a fucking nightmare. I'm pretty sure on the game developer side they have essentially figured out what they needed to do in order to utilize the cpu cores in order to increase performance but for whatever reason something happened with gotham knights where they're just not doing that they are maxing out like two or three cores and then all the rest are essentially sitting in like 20 to 30 percent utilization which is not typical like a game that Properly utilizes the CPU. You can see that a lot of the CPU cores are hovering around the seventy to eighty percent utilization. Gotham Knights is just not doing that, and it's it's kind of terrible.
2: That's weird.
0: That's weird. It could have just been the way that they wanted to like uh, put different assets to different parts of the CPU instead. No, uh, telling. Okay. yeah. But we've we've learned a lot <laughs> about GPUs lately.
1: <laughs> oh man, I and didn't know whether whether this was an L or not. But uh, I'm not going to put it there just yet. Okay. Um, the L could be coming. It mm-hmm. could be coming. But if you were an early adopter, kind of like I was, uh, and decided to purchase a 4090 from NVIDIA, you were, you were presented with one option, maybe two, depending on, the, on your uh, power supply. Uh, an option to actually power the fucking card. the reason is because that NVIDIA decided to use a new 12-pin specification on all NVIDIA cards. This 12-pin includes eight pins and four sensor pins. It is a a unique connector that is specific to, I think it's the ATX 3.0, PCIe 5.0 spec for power supplies. The thing is, is that most... Uh, most power supplies do not are not uh, ATX 3.0. They are incoming. They are not here yet. Um, companies like Corsair are actually offering users of specific uh, power supplies the ability to purchase a ATX 3.0 PCI Express 5.0 connector that you can plug directly into your um, graphics card. Although fucking Corsair. Get on your shit. It has been out of stock ever since you announced the goddamn product. Forty nineties have been in people's hands for like two or three weeks now, yep. and you still haven't sold anybody those fucking cables. Get on your shit, Corsair. They were the people who came out and said you don't need to purchase a you don't need to purchase a new PSU. You don't need to purchase a new power supply. We have the cables. You've been saying that shit for three weeks, and you still can't get those damn cables up for sale. Go fuck yourself, Corsair.
0: Yeah, so now you just have motherfuckers just out here waiting in the wind with their shit getting all fucked
1: up. So, the what is the solution? Well, if you purchased a forty ninety, and there's there's dozens of us, I swear, if you purchased a forty ninety, inside of every forty ninety, no matter which card that you purchased, if it was the if it was the founders edition from Nvidia themselves, or if you got something from ASUS, MSI, Gigabyte, whatever. They included a dongle. It is the uh, the 12-volt, I think, high-power uh, connector. So you have the 12-pin the that goes into the to the uh, graphics card itself, mm-hmm. and it spiders out. It octopuses out. You have four, four, um, four eight-power pin connectors that kind of come out of that one connector. So you have to connect four eight-pin power cables from your PSU into that dongle. Ah, Yeah. So the theory is, is that, um, they tried to, they tried to, uh, split the load. So like each cable can provide up to 150 Watts of power because these graphics cards in theory can pull up to 600 Watts of power. In some cases, I think if you have enough cooling, it can actually go up to 120, 120% of the uh, current rated power up to like 666, which is a fantastic number. Yeah. So it can pull up, it can pull over 600 watts of power if you if you really want it to. And this dongle essentially is the way that you're able to do it since, you know, basically nobody has an ATX 3.0 power supply. However, even before, and I think we even talked about this uh, before the, the, the cards were released, apparently there was a, uh, so it's like a PCI, the PCI is a regulatory body that, um, basically define standards that, you know, things like your power supply, the, you know, the type of cable, the type of connector, you know, I, I want to say even how, you know, the power is pulled and how it's supposed to be fed into these into these cables. They define the spec and the, um, that regulatory body actually accidentally sent out an email to basically everybody on the, uh, on the distribution list, where they, I, I suppose they weren't supposed to, uh, saying that there were some instances where these uh, these cables were actually melting. People kind of freaked out. Um, but then, you know, everybody was like, oh, hey, like, you know, this is like very, very specific instances. And like, this was, you know, totally out of spec and, you know, very edge case kind of thing. And they're just like, ah, it's everything's fine. However, the NVIDIA subreddit um, on Reddit has been keeping track of people who have experienced melting on those dongle cables. In fact, it's even it's melted not only the dongles on the uh, the connector on the dongle uh, that you get inside of the forty ninety uh, graphics card box, but it's also melting the connector on the graphics card itself. Oh, that's fucked. It's oh, super that's fucked. so fucked. And from the according to the subreddit they have they have collected just about a dozen or so confirmed cases where either the dongle connector has been melted or the dongle connector and the graphics card connector has been melted and uh for our youtube folks you can actually see some of these pictures that are floating around they are literally melting the little connector the connector pins yeah it's it's it, kind of wild
0: and it's it's not like these people are are playing fucking like 10 hours of a fucking game. Some of these dudes are saying, I, I booted up the game. It hit the graphics card. I played for three minutes and my shit was smoking.
1: Some people were saying that they, they didn't even play games. They were just like surfing the internet. Jesus, you know? and it still mounted. These the good fucks. thing is is that I, the, apparently the card's still to be working. They still appear to be working. I think this is just... I, I don't want to say cosmetic damage. Obviously, there's a failure somewhere. Yeah. That's causing shit to melt, causing uh, the, the connectors to shove way too much power and causing it to heat up way too much, causing this kind of damage. But apparently it hasn't affected the cards themselves. So it's not like shorting out or like shoving way too much uh, electricity or power into like a specific connector and killing the card. Apparently the cards are still working. There's been a lot of theories about what's actually been going on. Nobody has really come out with a definitive solution and Nvidia and everybody else has been kind of silent on this entire situation. I kind of understand it. I'm you know, you kind of get pissed off at the same time. For one, they are they're definitely not going to recall anything. They're not going to recall any of the graphics cards. They're not going to recall any of the dongles until they absolutely know sure that it's going to cost them less money to do a recall versus just replacing everything. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Or whatever. Or just hope that the amount of people affected are way, are so low that, you know, they stay out of it and they just let the ad and board partners uh, process the replacements and send it to NVIDIA and NVIDIA will send something new back. You know what I mean? The only, the only YouTuber that um, has seemed to come out with anything as far as like, I don't want to say definitive, but has come out with anything kind of venturing on a, reason why this is happening is a german youtuber called igor's lab um so what they did is they stripped away the uh the the connector on the dongle side and they started playing around with it so um the way that so there's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of cables uh that are basically soldered onto these um soldering pads on the Mm -hmm. connector itself connecting you know the wires from the PSU onto the dongle to feed into the graphics card. And so they kind of fussed around with it, uh, and they found out that by ripping off the cables and soldering pads on opposite sides of the connector, that they were able to kind of recreate a melting event. And and so they reported these findings, and it kind of blew up, and people were freaking the fuck out. Because it's like, oh, like we know that this these cables are defective. However... What we what we found out later, at least on the US side. I don't know if this is just a distribution thing on how these things are distributed on the European side versus the American side. But we had uh US based outlets like Gamers Nexus that the cable that Igor's lab used, it looked like it was the same dongle, but if you look at the if you look at what Igor's lab posted, the the cables themselves seem to be rated for like 150 watts. Whereas the cables included, at least with the graphics cards on the American side, they're rated for 300 watts. So it seems to be of a lower quality that Igor's lab used versus what the American YouTube tech YouTubers have been able to uh, receive inside of their graphics cards. Which means that none of them have been able to recreate this German YouTuber's findings. Hmm. I mean, Gamers Nexus went so far as to recreate Igor's labs. um testing methodology could not get the could not get the damn connector to melt they they like surgically removed some of the uh, some of the uh, the cables they un- desoldered them they ripped out the soldering pads like they did some shit to these cables and they still were not able to get any of them to melt so right now there's just a whole bunch of questions and no answers yeah no real answers about to about what's going on and why this is happening the only thing that some people have attempted to explain is that there are there are instances where if you don't if you don't plug in the cable uh you know 100 all the way straight it's possible to kind of have it maybe not necessarily sat uh straight when you try to plug it in like it might be kind of crooked yeah, and it ca- could cause um, you know the power to kind of, uh, I guess the electricity not flow where it's supposed to and potentially melt, you know, because it's not exactly connected to the uh, to the connector on the graphics card itself correctly. Um, another another speculation is that these these dongle cables are not very flexible. They're they're very stiff. They're very stiff, and so the recommendation is that you're supposed to you're supposed to bend it. Uh, bend the cable back, you're not supposed to bend it horizontally. And you're not supposed to bend it vertically, like extremely up to the connector. Like you're supposed to have at least like from the connector itself, like 35 millimeters past the connector is when you're allowed to safely bend it. And the reason behind that is is because if you bend it too close to the connector, you risk ripping out the the, the cables soldering. from their soldering.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And if, if people were just like Hamfisting this motherfucker in there, trying to get get the dongle connected to their graphics card, and then trying to shove it into their ATX case that's like too small. Uh, and
1: that's and that's exactly what a lot of people are fearing is yeah. that because of how big these goddamn GPUs are, that most of them are not fitting in the cases that they're going into. Yeah, that a lot of people and I I am myself included with that. I have the side panel off on my case right now. <laughs> <laughs> for that exact reason, because the dongle itself, including the card, is probably about an inch and a half too big for for my side panel. Damn. I need to get. I either need to wait for Corsair, and it's not even guaranteed that Corsair's um, native twelve volt high power cable is still going to be small enough for me to close my side panel. Mm. Um, there's a company called CableMod. CableMod has a right angle connector that they're working on that goes on pre-order Monday, I think Monday evening. And even that seems to be even too big for my case. So even if I have even if I have that right angle connector, plug it into my graphics card, I'm supposed to have about 23 23 millimeters of space. I don't think I'm gonna be able to close my my side panel even with that right angle connector. Damn. That's how big these goddamn things are. They are huge. I might just... If none of those cables... If the cable from Corsair doesn't work... If the cable mod cable doesn't work... I'm just going to have to buy a new fucking case. Or I'm going to have to vertically mount it. Yeah. So... So that's 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 what's happening right now. Uh, NVIDIA seems to be requesting the cables and cards from their add-in board partners... If customers are RMAing their GPU. So... It does seem like they're taking it seriously. It doesn't seem... This is kind of unprecedented from NVIDIA's side. So... While we can shit on them for allowing this to happen in the first place, it, this does seem to point in the direction that they are attempting to figure out what the hell is going on, and hopefully we hear from them in the next week or two, um, letting us know like, "Yo, hey, your cards aren't not, aren't going to spontaneously combust inside of your inside of your computer." You know what I mean? Yeah. Inside of your case. Ah, terrible. Yeah, and that's rough. Let's go and let's. Oh, we're going to talk about rough. Yeah, we are. We're going to talk about goddamn rough. We didn't... I I was upset that I said that this issue was over and done with the last time we were going to talk about it. But god damn it. This... Elena Taylor. She fucking doubled a down, dude. What a piece of shit. What a piece of shit. So, for people... Who have been sitting under goddamn rock?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Helena Taylor, a couple of weeks ago, came out and said that she was offered four thousand dollars to reprise Bayonetta three. She is the she is the voice of Bayonetta in the Bayonetta games, and claimed she was only offered four thousand dollars. Right? She went on an entire tirade, you know, talking about fat cats scooping the cream off the top, where everybody else gets shit. Yep. And people were pissed. They were like, screw Platinum Games, screw Hideki Kamiya, that that Japanese bald bastard. They were sending all kinds of crazy shit to Hideki Kamiya. They were shitting all over that guy. Twitter was it.
0: fucking wild for, they for were like wild, dude. two solid weeks.
1: Yep. They were wild. And I get it. Hideki Kamiya... He's probably not the most personable person on Twitter, but there's a reason. Because people love, love to dunk on his ass. And I don't mean duck on his ass like he's like, you know, reminding him of all the dumb stuff that he's done. People just love telling him that he's just like a, a Jap- some Japanese person that deserves to be nuked again. You know what Jesus. I mean? Like that's the kind of, that's the kind of wild shit that people are saying to Hideki Kamiya. This is not even, this is his personal account. This isn't even him like as a platinum employee. This is not a platinum account for, uh, for the company. This is just his personal account. All he does is talk about like all the, like if you look at his Twitter account, he posts like, you know, like his ramen lunch. Yeah. He posts like a beer that he's drinking and stuff like that. You know, he doesn't, it's, is literally his personal account, but ever since Bayonetta two became like a Wii U exclusive, people have just been shitting all over him. And then he got to the point where he was just like, you know what? If you tweet to me in English, I'm just going to block you. Like, I don't want to deal with you. And that's kind of been his stance for, for a while. And uh, eight years, man. Yeah. And he's been just receiving just gobs of shit. And Helena Taylor came out, said this, and it started right back up. And people have been just saying racist, crazy stuff to this man. Regardless of whether you think he's a nice guy or not, like
3: that's called for.
1: Yeah. That was uncalled for. So people got riled the hell up. People were just like, I'm I'm canceling my pre-order. And you know, screw Nintendo, screw platinum games. And then Jason Schreier came out and was like, "Whoa, hey! So we've seen some documents, and uh, apparently Platinum Games offered this this person, you know, like three or four thousand per voice session to to reprise a role as Bayonetta in the Bayonetta three game, and that hey, like she she was asking for six figures and residuals and stuff like that, uh, and uh, they decided not to they not to not to go with her." And, um, you know, go with Jennifer Hale and Helena Taylor came out and said, this is absolute false. This is absolutely false. You know, they are trying to save their ass. None of this is true. I want to put this whole entire thing behind me. Yep. And we were like, okay, well we still have a lot of holes in her story. Jason Schreier seems to imply that she was offered anywhere between ten to $15,000 at least to reprise her role. We see that she was maybe asking, she was swinging too hard for the fences on this one, and they just called her out and they're just like, nah, we can replace you. And apparently that's what they did. She seemed to be not caring about uh, pushing the situation anymore, and we thought it was done. Yep. Until early this week, where she kind of, she kind of thought people were calling her out for being a piece of shit. And she was like, Whoa, wait a minute. I'm not a piece of shit. And then she actually confirmed after denying everything that Jason Schreier had said about what they had, what platinum had offered her. She came out defending herself, apparently, which I, I don't even know what this would be considered, but she, she actually told us some of the missing things from her original story she actually said that she was offered $10,000 to reprise her role originally. And uh, she had also mentioned about uh, having a Japanese friend of her write in Japanese to Hideki Kamiya to ask for more money. And apparently, the offer that came back was $15,000. So they offered her an extra $5,000 on top of the original ten to voice her role.
0: That's not bad for four fucking sessions
1: not bad. That's four days of money. Although there some people will say, even that's not enough, but we'll get to that. Um, so then she says that she declined those amounts and reportedly heard nothing back from them for 11 months. And in that time, out of the goodness of her heart, she kept going to conventions and signing autographs and leaving voicemails, you know, to, to keep up the interest in the Bayonetta series, she was being a good, you know, automaton to, to the, to, you know, the corporate overwar, overworld. Uh, what do you call it? Overlords. Yeah, in yeah. Platinum games to keep, keep the Bayonetta three hype going. But what ended up happening was that in those 11 months where she apparently did hear anything, they offered the role to Jennifer Hale. Which she took. And uh, that's, and then, then she admits that that's when they came to her for that one-session cameo role, which they were going to pay $4,000 yep. for her to just do a cameo. I haven't played Bayonetta 3 yet, so I don't know what this cameo could have entailed. We can kind of imply uh, what it was during, I think, some of the uh, the trailers that came out just before release. But, hey, they were just like, Helena, you've been voicing Bayonetta for two games. You know, we would still like you to give your voice talents to Bayonetta 3 in a limited capacity. So we want to give you $4,000. And that seems to be where the $4,000 had come from, from her original uh, original video statements. So she omitted the fact that she was offered $10,000 and then $15,000 she says that there weren't extensive negotiations, but I have a feeling that when she got that $50,000 offer, she was like, "No, no, no, bro. Like, I need I need six figures. I need six figs and resids, or I'm not going to do it." And they're like, "All right. See ya." So, basically, yeah. She heard nothing back for 11 months, which is basically like he's like, "This bitch crazy. Like, we're not going to pay you that much. We're just going to go for Jennifer Hale." And, uh, 11 months later, they're just like, yo, we still kind of, we still kind of want you to be a part of it. You know, here's four G's cool. Right. And she was like, nah. And then she she went wild on Twitter. Yeah. The one interesting thing though, is that she came up with a number uh, and actually two, two numbers. She repeated the fact that she believes that Bayonetta is a $450 million franchise, which does not make sense because... The game sold shit on the PlayStation 3, the Xbox 360. Those games were performed horribly. Yeah. It wasn't until the PS4 and the Nintendo Switch and the PC port came out where you actually were getting like 60 frames per second. Those original releases of Bayonetta were garbage. They were absolute garbage. They did not sell shit. Bayonetta 2 wasn't really a thing until Nintendo swooped in and decided to fund it. And even then it was for the Wii fucking U.
0: Yeah, which was a dog
1: shit console. It was a dog shit console that sold an abysmal amount of units. Yeah. And they sold probably as abysmal amount of software on that goddamn platform. Yeah, because
0: didn't didn't the the first Wii, I mean, like, shit on the sales for the Wii U.
1: Oh, are you no? It's I. I think the GameCube did better than the than the Jesus. Wii. The Wii U was probably their worst performing console ever. Jeez. It was so bad. It was so bad. And I'm I'm willing to bet that third party titles, I, and even though Nintendo funded uh, Bayonetta two, you know, taking the IP from Sega, getting Platinum to develop the game. Yeah. Even then, I don't think it sold shit. I'm no. pretty sure it sold way less than a million copies. And it wasn't until the switch where you got Bayonetta two re-released, you got Bayonetta one, and then finally three, those numbers don't make sense. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that Bayonetta as a whole has probably only sold anywhere from three to four, maybe 5 million copies of you being very generous. And there's no fucking way that anybody paid anywhere close to full price for any of that stuff. So calling Bayonetta a $450 million franchise is frankly just insulting that anybody would believe that. If you look at Bayonetta as a series as a whole, it is such a niche product. It's such a niche product. I think people are looking back fondly at Bayonetta from way back in the day because there is no way that anybody, this was not like garnering like praise from the media. Back in the day. So she was vastly overselling the value of the Bayonetta franchise. So what was the
0: number that she said that the Bayonetta franchise was worth?
1: $450 before merchandise.
0: That's fucking wild. So Bayonetta 2, by the way, as of December 31st, 2021, sold 1 million copies. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And at $40 a copy on, on average, $40 a copy on average. That's $40 million. That is fucking
1: far off. Way far off. Yeah. And the next number that she brought out, which was very interesting because nobody knows where the number came from. We assume that uh, once, once Jason Schreier's reporting came out, mm-hmm. that people were hounding her about this dollar figure. But she came out and said that she didn't ask for $250,000, which was confusing because like, yo, like who said that you were asking for two hundred and fifty Jason Schreier reported that you were asking for six figures, so the consensus is is that she asked anywhere from a hundred thousand up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the role
0: My guess is she probably said give me I'm, I want a hundred k plus residuals or buy me out for two hundred fifty
1: I'm pretty yeah I have a feeling it was it was probably somewhere somewhere in be- Somewhere yeah. like that or somewhere in between that.
0: Because that's that's how I would negotiate. Like, if I knew residuals are on the table yeah. and I was like, well, I am 45, 50, whatever, however old she is, right? If I was like, man, I'm, I'm kind of fucking ancient, I could probably just take 250K and just roll on that for a long time if I already have a house paid off or whatever. Because residuals aren't going to give you much Uh if, you know, if you're at the end of your fucking life. But. I don't know. This, is, this whole thing is wild as fuck. Uh, it just sounds like a lot of uh, overestimating what you're worth inside of the marketplace uh, and, and losing your mind against what corporate greed is versus profitability and all this other shit. And I, I feel bad for her. I, she definitely gaslit herself into some wild bullshit that doesn't exist.
1: And I, I think that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, is I think she she oversold what she thought the Bayonet of Franchise was worth, mm-hmm. and she also oversold what her value towards the franchise was, in my yep. opinion. Yeah, and again, I think we and we've touched on this so much, and it's it's painful to have to rehash this kind of thing, but it's okay to think that you're worth that.
0: It is. Problem it is. is, it's one hundred percent okay. Yeah.
1: The, the problem is, is that they don't have to agree with it. Yeah. You know, it's not, this is not set in stone. You know, you came back, you came back for two games. Doesn't necessarily mean that you can be back for the third. They obviously made some sort of attempt to get her back. It seemed like they wanted her. Yeah. It just seems like whatever they were asking, she just felt insulted by. And, you know, again, oversold what she thought that the franchise was worth and her skills which is interesting because she hasn't really worked in the voice uh voice acting industry for at least eight years according to imdb yeah so it doesn't seem like she was still she was working in the in the industry at all versus you know a jennifer hale versus like a nolan north uh a troy baker you know who who voice anywhere from like you know six to a dozen uh roles per year yeah across varying industries you know video game uh tv shows uh anime cartoon yeah and not only that that,
0: but like some of those voice actors and actresses are also on broadway so they're doing physical acting like they they get it they're running the full fucking spectrum of what it is to be an actor in this space and really honing their fucking craft and then yeah, she goes, hey, I want to come in and I want to get paid exactly what a developer gets paid who's on the high end. At 250000 fucking dollars, there is a motherfucker building this game right now who does not get paid that, who's been there working on this game for four fucking years. And you're going to say your four days worth of work are more beneficial to the company than this person who's busted their ass for four fucking years on this game. It's wild to me how people value themselves sometimes.
1: And the crazy thing is, is like, I saw an article, um, kind of summarizing these, these facts and wanted to talk more about the voice acting, voice acting industry as a whole. Yeah. And one of the things that they talked about is like, it's so bad that they had to get another job doing something else. Oh no. As a gig worker, that's kind of how it fucking works. Yeah. You know,
0: you are doing gig work. That is freelance shit.
1: It's like, it's, I mean, I get it. Like, this isn't something that you do. Like, you can't just like get off work and then just go into a booth just out of the blue and consider yourself a voice actor. You know, maybe you have to hire a voice acting coach, you know, you have to hone your skills and you don't get paid for it. But guess what? Like most of us don't get paid for any kind of like continuing education shit. Like I got a degree so I could be a developer, but just that by itself doesn't make me a good developer it makes me i guess hireable Hireable? as one
2: yeah that's yeah
1: barely hireable but the fact is is like the only reason i even i got even i got hired is because i was doing side projects personal projects that i could show off during my interview yeah that was the only reason i got hired on if i had to if i had to go on based on like my college scores and how well i did and bullshit like that like i probably wouldn't have got in Most of the time they're looking for somebody who actually wants to put this kind of shit to use. And it's not something that you just learn in college and that's it. You know, you have to, you have, you're learning new languages all the time. You're learning new paradigms. You're learning new kinds of new ways of doing shit, continuing education. These, these, this is technology. It moves quickly Yeah. year after year and you have to keep up with it. Yeah. And it's the
0: same. It's the same for these actors. Like yeah. the the shit that they have to do and the way that they have to perform changes every fucking year too, right? As as technology changes, as they do lip flaps, right. as they do all this other stuff, as they design characters to look like you and all this, that 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 aspect too is kind of wild to me. When they design the character to kind of resemble the voice actor and bring it in, imagine if they did that for Helena Taylor, and and then they mm-hmm. were just like, yeah, but now it's Jennifer Hale. Like that would be wild as fuck, but I, mean, I don't,
1: this isn't like, they're not replacing like aunt Viv on, no. you know, fresh Prince. You know what I mean? Yeah. The,
0: <laughs> what a fucking good callback dude. Or like, are like yeah. the Witcher right now where they're replacing fucking Henry Cavill.
1: With Henry fucking uh, with Liam, uh, Liam, Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth. Not the, he's, not the Chris one. Not, not, no, not Thor, the, but like his no, uh, the little brother, Fat Thor. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're replacing him with that. And, uh, yeah. and they just, they're just like, yeah, whatever. We don't give a shit. Uh, we got to get this product out. We don't give a fuck. And that's give a fuck. The, yeah, and that's how any, any type of talent works, right? Like.
1: See, here's the thing. Uh, we, we've talked about Japanese voice actors. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a huge deal in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Yakuza series, most of the characters that you see are based on the voice actors themselves. Yeah, they look like them. They look like them. They, and I'm pretty sure they might even do like the motion capture. And yeah. Kojima is very good with that. And they might not want to hear this voice actors in general, because, you know, you're hiring things like you're hiring Norman Reedus, you're hiring yeah. Mads Mickelson, you know, you're hiring these Hollywood actors to, you know, be representative in the game. You know, the, the character models are modeled after those Hollywood actors, mm-hmm. the Hollywood actors are doing motion capture. They're applying the, you know, they're using their voices and, It's super compelling. Like, yo, this is Norman Reedus and he's holding a, he's holding a baby and whatnot. And it was, it was awesome. I think even Troy Baker, Troy Baker was the antagonist of, of that story. And I want to say that they used his likeness, uh, for, for that character. So, you know, there is precedent to do this on the U S side, but it's not very common. You know, a lot of these voice actors, like, let's be honest, man most most of these and i i alluded it to it uh during the cyberpunk uh, yeah. thing that i was talking about earlier it's real you notice you notice really good voice acting and probably really bad voice acting but that big that big area in between like most people don't give a shit nope. and let's be honest bayonetta is a throwaway popcorn type movie experience yep you know this is not some sort of like compelling drama mm-hmm. this is not a um a critically acclaimed narrative driven story you know what i mean like this is an over-the-top you know like <sighs> rodan come yeah. on dude like rodan like rodan is like some stereotypical like black man dingo character he's just like yeah you know just like he's like i'm gonna bust a cap in your ass like that kind of like yeah that kind of like voice acting like This is not like compelling. uh, Yeah,
0: they they picked it up from like black exploitation type of films, like black dynamite type of shit. It's 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 a very
1: it's a very caricature, you know, uh, representation of like black exploitation. Yeah, and you know that's what you get, and there's nothing wrong with it. But to say that you know that it is a critically acclaimed piece of drama. And that kind of thing, like it, it's it's it speaks out to like you know the, 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 just like the. I don't want to get into like just weird nonsense involving yeah. Bayonetta because yeah, it's yeah, already yeah. a whole bunch of weird nonsense. It's
0: it's already fucking wild.
1: It's already fucking wild. So it's not it's not anything it's not anything crazy. It's not something that you you sit and reflect on after you play the game with somebody who's just like riding on a horse. Angel and bouncing on it like she's riding a fucking dick. You know what I mean? Like, it's not very. It's not something that you think like, like, what did that really represent,
0: dude? After I finished Band of Two, I I sat back and I was like, I do not understand anything about this story. Nothing. It was so fucking weird and so hard to consume when I when I played it. I was just like, that was a fun game to play. And then I had to watch a video. I'm like, "What the fuck just happened?"
1: It's a whole bunch of nonsense.
0: It is a bunch you know? of fucking nonsense. It really is. And I think that's it fine. Really is. But but to, yeah, to, fine. to to go back and think, I'm worth a quarter fucking mil or whatever, uh, for this bullshit game that only made like forty mil tops, uh, just from sales of copies, and and the game was like twenty bucks for a while, right? Like. So to, to go and be like, let me dip so heavy into that fucking paycheck. That's, I don't know. I'm glad she values herself so highly. I'm glad that people value their career so highly, right? You should, you you should have that sort of value, but to come out and swing uh, so hard against an industry and all these people who work so hard to, to to create the type of content that we, we enjoy here as gamers, right? It's kind of uh misleading in what she said. It put a lot of people uh, um against the the companies that we we kind of enjoy and against the games that we kind of enjoy. Uh and and like unlike us, most people are not going to hear the end of this story. So all they are left with is Platinum Games and Nintendo fucked Elena Taylor over and that is not entirely the truth. Um but the hopefully, God, I hope this is the end of the story. I hope we don't have to have another fucking episode about this because this, this shit's wild. But I, I, I just hope that people walk away from this and understand like how messages can quickly get misconstrued online and trusting anybody's uh, initial take on anything online because they put a video behind it. Uh, it can, I, I don't know, like her whole fucking career is over because of this shit. This is, this is she's done yeah. so.
1: She's, she's is, never she's coming back from this shit. So. Yeah. Unless there's anybody who wants to virtual signal yeah. and hire her on as some sort of like support for voice actors. Um, I highly doubt. And I think that's, and I think that's why she went so hard mm-hmm. uh, on, on Twitter was because she knew that this was essentially her just blacklist, blacklisting herself from yeah. everything in the industry. There's no coming back from this. She was hoping to garner enough sympathy that, Um, This would swing back in her favor regardless of her breaking the NDA. But it's starting to look like now that we are starting to get a more complete picture, it doesn't appear that she has any opportunity to get back. So I hope she really enjoys her, her acting in retirement or wherever. (laughs) So I hope she earns enough money and she doesn't have to sack groceries uh, in order to support herself. Um, But I think the, the other thing that I still I still feel strongly for mm. is that it's not an industry that everybody can be involved in as much right. as it sucks. It sucks to tell yourself that this is not a viable thing that I can do. I really love doing this thing, but it's not viable for me as a lifestyle. I can't support it. Yeah. It sucks to it sucks to know that and it sucks to know that the the thing that you love the most is not in demand. There is not enough spaces in the market for me to survive. You know, there's way too many people. There's you have the people that are up at the top. They're gonna to get all of the premiere roles. Yep. But all of the bullshit roles that allow you to essentially survive if you can get enough of them. I think there's probably way too many voice actors. And essentially we I don't wanna say everybody doesn't. This is just my opinion. I don't think we we value them because they are, it's essentially throwaway. Like I, yeah my opinion is that you don't notice the very bad voice acting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I should say you only notice the very bad voice acting and the very good. And yep. so that huge space in between has way too many people and not enough roles. And that sucks. But, you know, you can't keep forcing the industry to increase the the pay because yeah. if you're not happy with the union minimums there is no way that i believe the union will be able to increase it enough where people would be satisfied the entire reason why they don't get residuals now is because the union realized that the companies were not going to agree with the residuals so the the option that you have is to continue to be out of work or you get a little bit better minimum pay and hopefully you, you garner enough interest in your voice acting skills in order to, you know, make this a full-time job. Yeah. But honestly, and even
0: then, even then trying to think about it as a full-time job. Like I've been doing this fucking, these gymnastics in my head this whole time we've been talking about, uh, Helena Taylor and like, so for instance, a uh, uh, an anime or something like that, that somebody would voice over at, They're 30-minute episodes. You might get 12 minutes of, you know, talking from a single person in those episodes. There's not a lot of conversation in any anime uh, over a 30-minute time span or 20-minute time span. So at most, you get one session inside of a booth, which is what we saw was like $400 or $300, something like that. You get 12 episodes per season nowadays. That's $4,800 a year that you made off of that one character's voice it is dog water. And and to say like oh well i i i that's why you see like uh Jennifer Hell like popping around like all over the place dude they they have to like it is gig work like you said you're all over the place and you constantly have to prove yourself and you constantly have to be in shit you have to be in the studio like i yeah i this is it's wild to me that uh, they get, it, it it feels like they get paid so little, but in comparison to everybody else, they kind of get paid a lot. If you, if you can be consistent about it, you can be reliable. You make a fucking banger amount of money.
1: Yeah, you really could. Yeah. Uh, And again, I think that's why it's, people are so upset about this is because they know, they know there's not enough work for everybody to survive off of. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's a, it's a, it's one of those things where even like, um, you know, Uber drivers. Like, yep. have you ever taken an Uber and, you know, your driver just complains about how things have changed and how they're not making as much money as they used to? And, you know, it's it's the nature of gig work. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately for um, Uber drivers, you know, there's really not much recourse for them. Uh, on the voice acting side, they do have unions, like we said. So it's it's something that you need to get the union to fight for you on. Yeah. Um, and ag- and again there is pain with that you know you could be out of work for a year or two while these whole negotiations happen but yeah. the reality is is that most people can't survive off of gig work you gotta have a 9 to 5 and you hope to be able to save up enough money to potentially survive off of this gig work until you know you can make something of yourself but what ends up happening is that everybody feels like they're owed mm-hmm. uh This, whatever life living wage they keep saying living wage, they they fight for a living wage, but they can't define what that means, and it means many things to different people depending on where you're at. So, I have to move to Los Angeles in order to be a serious voice actor. Well, I mean, can you afford it? No. Well, maybe you should find another area of work. You know, if you can't do it remotely and be a serious voice actor. Maybe this should be just something you do every once in a while, one or two gigs a, a year. Yeah. You know, maybe you get into something that is critically acclaimed and all of a sudden, you know, people are clamoring for your work and maybe it makes moving to Los Angeles viable. But outside of that, you don't just move to Los Angeles and be like, I'm fucking broke. I need you to pay me $120,000 so I can, you know, back pay the six months of rent that I'm behind. It's like, that's not how it works. No. And a
0: lot of, a lot of these voice actresses and voice actors, uh, can easily work in like a marketing agency or something like that, where they have to do voiceovers for like all of their radio ads and like digital ads and all this other shit. Like they would still get work and then they can just take that experience into the stuff that they love, which is video games and anime and stuff.
1: You see a lot of, a lot of YouTubers who, uh, have the ability to, uh, work on YouTube as a full time job, mm-hmm. even like some of them are starting to move over to like voice acting. Yeah. So the thing is is like I doubt I doubt they could make a full time living as a voice actor. They still have to maintain the YouTube stuff. They still yep. have to maintain, you know, their 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 content in order to keep surviving full time as a YouTuber while also attempting to be a voice actor on the side.
0: I guarantee that's just how you, it fucking works. I guarantee you they would make more off of uh, a video series on how to be a voice actor that they did over a year than they would make on doing voice acting work. Hands down. <laughs> like, that's so, just how this shit goes. Man. I mean
1: unfortunately like you weren't born rich, unfortunately. That sucks. But yeah that means like that means that your the opportunities available to you are limited. Yeah. In that in that respect. Um if you can't if you can't survive on it by yourself then you have to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. That sounds that sounds terrible, but I mean that's just a fact of life. Yeah. Like if if I was if a software developer, I get to play with computers and like write code and shit. If that only paid me like thirty thousand a year, I'd probably tell myself I, I probably need to do something else. Like yeah. this job doesn't pay enough. Yeah. You know. That's just how that's how shit works. Um, and here's the thing that a lot of people aren't going to like to hear if you want to change that the only thing that you could do is make it better for your kids if you don't want to have kids well then i unfortunately your parents didn't do that for you and that's not saying anything bad about your parents that's just how some shit ends up happening you know your parents attempted to do something to make your life better and maybe they did but it wasn't enough for you to basically just go and do whatever the fuck you wanted to do yeah it still required you to get a full-time job make a decent living wage doing that and hopefully you know you got educated enough in order to demand a living wage and not having to you know rise up from like a retail or food service industry Mm -hmm. you know but if if that wasn't the case and you're struggling to stay afloat you know unfortunately that that it limits what you have to do. Maybe you have to take two jobs. And I'm not saying that that's right, but unfortunately that's the living situation for most people. It is. And, it is. And there's I mean, really nothing you can do about it.
0: And, and a lot of people, a lot of people work multiple jobs. I mean, like, yeah, I consider this podcast, uh, a side job. I mean, cause it takes a lot of fucking time, uh, yeah. at least on your end. And then yeah, it takes,
1: it takes time. This, this is the time we could be doing something else. Yeah. Like every once in a while, like I tell myself, like I could be coding something right now. You know what I mean? Like I could be making something yeah. that could maybe sustain me yep. Uh, to have like some order, some other like ridiculous hobby. Like yeah. maybe I could build 40, 90 PCs yeah. on, on my, on my off time to just fuck around with if I really wanted to with, yeah. a, with a different side job, but I want to do this instead. And when that means that I have to sacrifice something else, we're obviously not making any money. Right now. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Cause this is, this is, this is hard work. This yeah. is hard work. Yeah. I'm but not, what, 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 what YouTube we're doesn't doing, owe me anything.
0: No, for this. you know, we, like but what we're, we're doing content. is honing a skill. Right. And I think yeah. that's what everybody has to understand. It's like when you decide to take on something that's like you care about, you just have to get out there and just have to suck at it for a while. And yeah. like eventually get good. Um, just like, you know, souls like games, uh, a very good representation of life. Cause sometimes you just walk into an area and you just get fucked up. Um, and that, that's what the career world is like sometimes.
1: Essentially. And it's yeah. like that everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's not just relegated to voice acting. Um, but
0: I mean, fucking at the end of everything. I'm, I, I want to bring this ahead. up real quick. Cause you, 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 you talked about developers and stuff like this uh, a second ago. Um, you know, one, one of my buddies, he's, uh, he, he just got a developer gig and he was telling me like what he's getting paid uh, at that developer gig. And it's pretty low in, in terms of like when you when you look at like developers like online and stuff like that, they're making like, you know, 100K, 150K, fucking 400, 600K with like stock options and all this wild shit. You hear all these fucking fringe uh, salaries that, that are not realistic for most people. Most people are not going to get that shit and you're definitely not going to get it right outside of school. So when you walk into a career, you know, like Helena Taylor did and someone goes, here's what we're going to give you. And this is actually a pretty good salary for what you're about to do. And you go, wow, my expectations were way fucking off. I'm getting paid a hundred K less than what I thought I was going to get paid. That feels fucking weird. So what I would like to say is just understand what your expectations are and understand what the, what the real industry is like and and i don't know fucking do some research before you go in like like she did balls to the wall and just be like i want 250 fucking k for doing uh 4 days worth of work but
1: essentially I man yeah uh, yeah i don't know either uh, yeah. obviously like i i don't work in the voice in the voice acting industry so a lot of this just comes down to like very generic uh Like it has to be, it has to come from like a generic gig, uh, Mm -hmm. place, uh, from my, from at least my knowledge. Yeah. And again, I don't think it's different than anything else. Like we all, we all have to put in work that we're not paid for. You know, we have to do, we have to study, we have to research, we have to, we have to learn, we have Mm -hmm. to hone our craft and we don't necessarily get paid for it. And it sucks, but that's the, that's the way that you stay on top. Yeah. It is, and if you can't stay on top by getting multiple gigs and honing your craft and making yourself uh, desirable, yeah, then unfortunately, you know, maybe you're stuck with the minimum. And if you're stuck with the minimum, then that means you have to get another fucking job. Yep, that's not that's not a terrible life. That's just the reality of the situation because you don't have enough to sustain yourself. You're if you're married, maybe your husband or your wife cannot sustain your style of living with you on your voice acting salary you know what i mean your voice acting income and it sucks but hey you know what life sometimes sucks either you either adapt or you fucking die there's really not much you can do about it unfortunately yeah Yeah. you know i wish i wish i could get a a hundred thousand salary on youtube because we're producing content that should be desirable to many people and we believe that the stuff that we're putting out is better because all the other all the other podcasters are (laughs) fucking retarded you know what i mean they're a bunch of idiots we're the best podcast around just nobody knows about it right now yeah so we should be technically getting all their subs we should be getting all of all of their residuals all of the companies giving them free stuff Mm -hmm. all the ads all the people you know all the companies putting ads on their, on their, <laughs> on their channels, all that should be coming to us because we're doing it the best. Yeah. Unfortunately, nobody realizes it right now. Right. Not yet. Not yet. So we can't expect that. I can't expect to demand that we get the same m- amount of money to Hawk, you know, raid shadow legends yeah. from like a Mr. Beast. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. You're like, yo, like we're better than Mr. Beast. Right. We don't have all of those subscribers, but they're coming. And so you want to get on the, you want to get on the, you know, the first floor of this, of this, uh, high rise. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you need to, you, you need, need to, to reach on
0: in this elevator with us, grab us by the hand and touch that yeah. subscribe button, baby. Cause we going up, going we don't know when up. it is, but we going up. You wanted to be, you want to be, it's on, a slow so ride. You want to be like, <laughs> I was there. I was
1: there when he was calling everybody retarded. And then they canceled him Then that shit got on Twitter. And then nobody nobody subscribed anymore, but I stayed vigilant.
2: I was
0: there. I believed
1: in him. I, I was there.
0: And when we make That's our right, comeback man. in 2030, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. and we we partner with G4 TV or whatever. And, <laughs> and we go belly up after a year, you were yeah. there again. You were there. You <laughs> so, were
1: there. I can't wait uh, for the memoir to come out. Yeah.
0: Oh shit. Did it? you know, outside of, outside of the bullshit, man, with, with, uh, you know, Bayonetta three and Helena Taylor. Uh, I, this is a, I feel like this is a pretty good fucking episode again. Uh,
1: yeah, man, this is our I 19th. Enjoy I enjoy doing with this. Yeah. I enjoy doing this with you. Dude. It's, uh, it's great to be able to sit down and, and just have a chit chat with you. Well, I, have, we sit down and have chit chats all the time, but it's yeah. kind of interesting to kind of put this out in the world.
0: Yeah. You know I think I mean? so too. I think so too. We are getting close to our half year mark, uh, that's kind of nutty.
1: teen times.
2: Well, there's 52 weeks in a year. Oh, we are. We yeah, are.
1: yeah. We're pretty close.
2: Yeah. Um, I think we're
1: gonna have a. I think 2023. I think 2023. I have good, good thoughts about 2023. Like we're we're slowly starting to uh, try to increase our reach.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So, we'll see what happens. But I think we have some good stuff. I I want to say I don't want to make too many promises. Um, but I wanna do I wanna do something on the Bayonetta side and I definitely want to do something on the Silent Hill side and the Resident Evil side. Because we have a lot of these remakes coming on. Mm-hmm. Uh Bayonetta 3 just came out. And I kinda wanna kinda wanna do some some nod podcast, some non podcast content to go along with it. So so we'll see. So we'll see. We're trying to we're trying to come up with some ideas to. Um garner at least a little bit more interest and have the have the podcast just be kind of our culmination of the week while we have some some inner week uh content as well but we'll see what happens we'll see what happens because i mean we both got full-time jobs we're not dumb (laughs) enough to think that this youtube money that doesn't exist (laughs) is gonna is gonna support the mortgage payment that we got it's not gonna support the car payment yeah you know what i mean so hey we got shit to do uh we we rely on you to subscribe, to let everybody know how great we are Yeah. to that. Maybe we can decide that we don't need to work at those jobs anymore and we can provide you guys with all the entertainment that you guys crave.
2: Yeah.
0: And eventually maybe we'll get more, more staff that are a little bit more interesting and maybe a little bit more sexy than us, but yeah, you know, I, don't that, know, I
1: think I'm pretty sexy. Yeah. It you
0: do be. look pretty good. You do look pretty good. I'm starting to starting to feel my age man starting to feel it so uh anyways i mean this has been this has been a good episode uh make sure you comment like and subscribe you know follow us on all the the other areas i'll post in uh the description and you probably should have seen a card for it uh for our twitter page which michael put up this uh past week um Mm -hmm. remember he's going to be posting a lot of really cool shit over there
1: a lot of dumb stuff too if you if you absolutely hate and are upset about the things that I say, and you really want to respond back, go ahead and talk to the Twitter page. Yeah. It's a I, real I'm, good fucking place. Yeah. It's a real place. Cause I, I'm probably going to have a lot of dumb takes and, uh, I, I want to hear, give it, give me your best shot.
0: Yeah. And give you're going to your be talking shot. directly to Michael on there.
1: You're going to be dur- <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I will probably have very little to do on the, the Twitter profile. I'll probably check in on it sometimes, but for the most part, that's Michael who's gonna be running over there. So I have the no plausible deniability
1: with that. Everything's yeah. gonna be my fault.
0: Yeah. Um but that'll probably fall back, you know, we get cancelled, you know, rest in peace, pixels and pints LLC, or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Um
1: You know, I before we before we sign off, I've been thinking, like, I think we really we really should get um somebody who's really good at you know what? I'm going to keep this idea uh, till after the pod. I don't, okay. any, I don't want any of our two listeners to, to steal it.
0: Yeah, so. fuck those two guys. You know who you, <laughs> you are. You know who you are. Yeah, <laughs> you sons of bitches.
3: <laughs> you sons of
0: bitches. Well, thanks for listening to Pixels and Pines podcast. I'm Bradley. And I'm Michael. And uh, we're two dudes talking about video games, all tree compliance. Take it
3: easy. Bye, guys.